Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Hello, everybody. Chuck Bonniewell, Julie Hayden, Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show. Two straight up brought to you by brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine and HappyTrees.co. Um, happy Party Friday, everybody. Um, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have Mark Poff on um, talking about a couple of things, actually, the law enforcement federalization of local law enforcement agencies. And plus, we're going to be talking about the Durham stuff and the whistleblower testimony about in- interference in investigations. And I think Mark has, you may remember the Tom Clements, the uh, Department of Corrections chief who was murdered several years ago. Mark was one of the lead investigators on that. And the uh, suspect in the case who eventually <clears throat> died in a shootout poli- with police was the son of one of Governor Hickenlooper's best friends. And and I have long suspected, and we could talk to Mark about this, that there was interference in that investigation, too. The, to this day, the, the, they haven't really arrested or even actually pursued um, or been allowed to pursue the people who probably were behind all of that. Um, but want to start off with, we teased you on Wednesday mm-hmm. and didn't have enough time. The Colorado Republican Party um, and people on the executive committee like Chuck, for the most part, most of them, and, and Dave Williams, um, are, the grassroots have taken over. And I think it is good news for all of us. And they're holding people accountable and calling people out and naming names when the Republican rhinos establishing people turn traitor. Right. Well, you have to remember a lot of people um, run as Republicans who really don't like Republicans, who don't like being Republicans, um, or at least, and and they're they they are personally not going to be accepted by Democrats because they're not cool enough or whatever rich enough. Else, or rich enough or didn't go to Harvard. Didn't go to Harvard. Not um, gay or transgender. Well, who knows? Um, but but they but they often. Um, will do whatever the Democrats want them to do. They just sign on as quick as they can to trash other Republicans. I mean, that's their principal kind of role. Um, and it's time uh, they got kind of pointed out. Uh, and this is maybe the start of that. I mean, I think you have to have um, the idea that Democrats will sign on to uh, something that is proffered by Republicans to criticize Democrats in another state Zero. Right. Oh, they're not that dumb um, and they're not that unprincipled. Um, this all started up in uh, Montana. Um, yeah, they had a um, bill w- which would not allow you to gender mutilate or butcher uh, children um, until they reached the age 18, in which case they could self mutilate or do whatever they wanted to. Um, and that seems reasonable to me. I think it's reasonable to most people. Most people find out nowadays in schools, uh, they won't even tell parents that they're trying to transition their children, trying to get them to, to self-mutilate them, not self, but have a surgeon mutilate them. Um, and it's really an evil, evil process um, in order to get more trans people, I guess, is get them Early to destroy families. And destroy families. Destroy families. Yeah, because, destroy people. Right. Um, so they, they had a bill 
uh, would would age uh, would prevent the sexual mutilation of uh, people under 18. Um, and of course, they had a debate in the legislature. Uh, they had one trans uh, person activist as a legislator named Zoe Zeff. Um, and they had a, she was telling them they had blood on their hands and all these other it things. It caused riots and all kinds of disruption. And yeah, well, yeah. Uh, and when the bill came up, the, you know, the legislature was filled with Democratic activists who hooted and hollered and uh, tried to tear the place down. And they had to clear the chambers and all that, all led by Zoe Zeff. So they said, no, you know, you can vote, but we're, you're going to do it from home and we're probably not going to recognize you from a debate, which seems, you know, not the worst thing in the world. So because I think they kind of they let this person, this legislator have their say, but, but they didn't stop. Right. It was just it was it wasn't just like once or just one time. Um, it was they, they were clearly going to disrupt anything that the legislature was trying to do. Yeah, right. And, I mean, I, I, and just and stop that, it from, it's, from being able yeah, to do its business. Yeah, I to clear the galleries and all that. Um, so down here in Denver at the same time, uh, Republicans, they put out Proposition HH, which is just a con job to get you to vote for a tax increase. Um, and Republicans wanted to debate it. And they just know, Democrat, to Democrats, Democrats put, wanted put it up. To, well, no, Democrats put it up. Put it up, and the Republicans wanted to debate it. And they said, no, it's toward the end. They brought it up the very last day or pushed it through the last day. And so they just refused to let them debate. That's it. So in Colorado, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. So all the Democratic, virtually all the Democratic House, people who just done to the Republicans, <laughs> went up and wrote a letter uh, to the Democrat, to the Republican legislators uh, saying that- In Montana. In Montana. Which is none of their business. Um, yeah, well, they, they think, uh, the Democrats think it is. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing that, you know, all they talk about is tranny rights and and the fact that uh, trannies are being uh, persecuted and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and um, so four Republicans signed so these on are, the letter. So Rebecca, because kids are, you were kind of, so Colorado Democrats wrote a letter to Montana Republicans, right. essentially chastising them yes. for this horrible thing. Okay. Um, and, and they got uh, two house members, uh, Rick Taggart from Mesa and um, Ron Weinberg uh, from from uh, up in Larimer County. Uh, Republicans. Yeah, the Republicans. Two Republicans signed on to the Democratic um, letter, as well as Roger Hudson, who's staff, deputy staff down at the House, as well as a Castle Pines um, council member, council member, and along with Abe Layden, who's a uh, Douglas County. Um, sure. And and so we said, well, wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you can't stand up against gender mutilation of children, what good is it? I mean, what do the Republicans stand for anything? Well, I mean, absolutely anything. It's, it's like, and why? Why are you even interjecting yourself into this fight? Right? You can see why the Democrats do, but if you're a Republican, it's not like who do you think you're appeasing? Or do you know, what I mean, it's like, it's not even your fight. So why do you feel compelled well, because, to enter it and and support the Democrats? Well, because they feel support Democrats, and right. and, and uh, one of the people who signed on was Ken Weinberg. And he was saying he did it because he believed in, in freedom of speech. Um, and you get, uh, you know, he's a Stockholm victim. I mean, you just saw, you, the House just prevented you from right. debating a crucial bill uh, altogether. 
And all you want to do is sign on to their letter to the Republicans saying they are violating free speech rights. I mean, it's true Stockholm syndrome. And he said, and, uh, you know, it was just it was just incredible. Um, and four people or so kind of and it's a public meeting. So anybody could could listen to it. You know, they kind of they had uh, Lynch, who's the minority leader and uh, Bob Gardner uh, subbing for the um, House minority a senate minority leader um you know they're saying oh yeah we, we've got to let them you know we believe in all this and um and you know they're saying well this will show the democrats you kind of go so what show what Except for a bunch of weak uh, spies uh, godless can... traitors yes that's what we showed them and, and they were surprised democrats are like oh, we've known this forever about you guys but, so what? So what, what? Dave Williams and you and you guys did is decided to uh, not just sit there and say, "Oh well, spineless Republicans again, huh?" Yeah, we, we, we rebuke them and a few other. Well, you words, so but... you you drafted a resolution that was um, brought up at this week's Colorado Republican Party State Executive Committee, which has right. twenty five members on it, 23 and twenty three. Okay, and and essentially sent out a, a, a notice. I mean, you, I'll read the language because you don't have your glasses on. It's like, say, be it further resolved um, that they they applaud the majority of Republican state House and Senate members for not falling for this false narrative and propaganda ploy. And be it further resolved, the Colorado Republican State Executive Committee formally admonishes, rebukes, and reprimands Representative Ron Weingard, Representative Rick Taggart, Councilman Hudson, and Commissioner Abe Laken, Layden for helping radical Democrats to score political points by spreading lies against Montana House Republicans and ask that they exercise better judgment in the future. It's like thank you well it, it, what's the key is is the republicans never point out who, who really are yeah. the rhinos i mean if 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 they get elected they're identified as rhinos and are rhinos well good you know then they get elected um but you often don't know they fool you you know and 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 they you know talk about how they believe in republican principles when they really just want to be lapdogs for democrats that's yeah. what they want to be and so this just points them out saying what are you doing? Right. Well, what in the world are you doing condemning Montana Republicans who who don't believe in gender mutilation while we do in Colorado? Anybody from from Montana can come right down to Colorado and get mutilated at any age. Support a Democrat PR ploy, right? This is a Colorado Democrat. It's just PR because do, do you think actually anyone in, in Montana is going to go? Oh, look, yay! We have the you know. Well, the, people up in Montana did kind of call down to Colorado and say, well, well, "What kind of Republican party? Yeah, what, what kind of what kind of Republican party do you have?" In Colorado. For your writing, you're joining Democrat letters uh, admonishing us. So I say, now that's just, let me ask you a theoretical question. Do you think this kind of censure would have come under Christy Burton Brown? Zero. Yeah, yeah, zero. zero. So I'm going to give Dave Williams, and make no mistake, and give Chuck all the credit for coming up with this and saying, hey, look, this is this is wrong, and it's stupid, and we need to start, you know, the Rhino Watch. We need to start calling people out when they do stuff like this, uh, because... I mean, and it's more than just transgender. I mean, it was destroying parental rights, all of that kind of stuff, just basic things that Republicans believe in. And again, if they're going to do it, the the Republicans, for some kind of PR points, I think we need to, and I'm so glad to see you guys did, call them out on it and say, yeah, you're not kidding. And you realize your legislative leaders in the House and the Senate and the Republican side were against it, which tells you where they stand. 
and and the deputy chief of staff, which is Roger Hudson, uh, he stands with them. Um, and so what kind of Republican Party is it? Um, do I think it'll change these guys? No. No. Um, I think Roger Hudson was thrilled. To, but hopefully to the, the, the voters are paying attention, you know, and, and again. Well, if, if they get opponents, Republican opponents, this will be a record they can right. say, you know, just know who and what you're voting for. Right. And I think, and here's some other things, because I wanted to talk about this a little bit more. Um, Jacob points out Buck didn't vote for center. Exactly. And Jim says it puts Buck in the same low class as Shifty Shift, that pile of shift. Hmm. And um, on top of that, according to Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is introducing articles of impeachment against Joe Biden, Ken Buck is one of two Republicans on the Justice Judiciary Committee that won't vote for impeachment. It's like, why on earth not, Ken Buck? I mean, the Democrats voted to impeach Trump and ran that through based on things that they knew because they concocted it were lies. Right. Right. So this is how the Democrats play. What are the Republicans going to wake up to? You got to play like they do. And I would think the even bigger question is, bigger question is, what's up with Ken Buck? What is why is he behind this? Why did he not vote to censor him? And why would he not vote for impeachment? It's like, what is his motivation? Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, the impeachment isn't going to go through anyway. It won't get to the Senate. Right? right. So it's like, what is or whose hand is my bigger question is in Buck's pocket that's preventing him from doing this. What is the payout somewhere down the road that he's willing to take the heat for that now? Well, you know, he's a. He's a Liz Cheney Republican. Yeah. Um, sometimes he's good. Other times he's awful. He's on the Freedom Coalition, uh, Freedom Caucus, which is sort of a joke. Right. Um, you know, kind of like sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. Um, uh, I guess he does whatever he wants to do and he gets to do it. But, it, but, but why, he, though? You know, I mean, he yeah, should. I don't know why. Well, no, I, right. I, I, but I think he's not he doesn't just sit sit at home and flip a coin but i just think again if you're a voter in um cd4 that's something to ask is what what's up with ken buck and why is he not standing strong with other republicans at the time when we need to stand strong who is he actually supporting you know who is actually controlling him i guess i would say or if he's controlling himself then why is he doing it this way? Um, and I think it's just we need to start calling these people out because uh, they don't care, really. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's so easy. You just say, um, I'm pro-Constitution, I'm pro-Second Amendment, and then you just go as left as far as you can possibly go. And and nobody seems to care. Well, and um, didn't Buck, Buck wrote a book, Drain the Swamp, yeah, right? Well, you talk about yeah. how horrified. I mean, you don't get much swampier than Hunter Biden sitting next to his dad calling China and saying, hey, I'm sitting here next to my dad, who by the vice president, just in case anyone's wondering, and we want our money and we want it tonight. I mean, it's like, and then- boom, Well, they're good at the that. Money- that's what they get. That's what that's what what uh, Biden did over in Ukraine. He said, "You got six hours, or you're not going to get the billion exactly. bucks." But it's kind of like, how much swampier does Ken Buck need it to be before he would want to vote for impeachment? Yeah, I mean, what would it take for for him to vote for impeachment? So I think you know, I think Jacob is saying, or is it Jacob? Yeah, Jacob is saying Buck's congressional district should start primarying Buck out right now. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, we hear rumors well, through the that assa- actually the assembly process. He only got a little over thirty percent of the right. votes, but once, of course, once he got past the the primary, he was off to the races, and he got elected easily. Yeah, um, well, and I think it sends back, and now because we want to talk about some of the Hunter Biden stuff here now, yeah, or do you want? I mean, no, but I just uh, you know, 
the good part about it is the executive committee um almost overwhelmingly except for four people um uh, wanted to do the censure and it was great to listen having been on the central committee two years ago where it was mostly uh rhinos um or many rhinos it, it was great to to see such a great central committee. Who do you remember offhand? Did Priscilla Rahm voted against it? Yeah. Well, Although she's now resigned as vice chair and she's going to run for Douglas County Commissioner. Well, you have to it was a voice vote. So everybody just said yay or oh, nay. So it was hard to tell. Well, it wasn't too hard to tell because there's a very few nays. Um, and so the four <laughs> so people, yeah. um, so the four people who spoke out against it were, were Kathleen Chandler, the Independence Institute, Priscilla um and uh the two from the state house and state senate uh the other 20 odd people 18 odd people um voted for it which was which was really Huge. great yes great. yes great because all the excuses they gave were just so weak right um, right i think kathleen chandler said well we can hold up this letter next time they try to uh silence all the republicans and you think they're going to be impressed well we just have to beat you a little harder yeah exactly i mean even this doesn't do anything but at least i think it puts people on notice that under dave williams and chuck and the other people in the executive committee they're going to start naming names and calling people out um when republicans when they are traitors um and and so i think that's good because switch is can i switch now a little bit Uh because switching now i think what we saw last night with hunter biden attending the uh, state ceremonial dinner for the at the white house for the indian prime minister shows again some of these people these arrogant rhino republicans the democrat elites the progressive wing the deep state they don't care what we think they don't care what people say or don't say i mean I can't think of anything more arrogant. So Hunter, on the part of the Biden administration and Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, who is entire I mean, what? The guy was deducting t- thousands of tens of thousands of dollars of payments um, to a sex club. That, by the way, Amateur sex club. That, that, by the way, he was kicked out of for being obnoxious. Now, you're just going to say, how obnoxious does one have to be to get kicked out of a sex club? I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't want to see that, but I would imagine that that's a fairly... Low, you know what I mean? Sex club behavior. I, I don't know what kind of standards they have, but to get kicked out of it. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then he was deducting the payments to the prostitutes that he was seeing. I mean, I mean AIDS. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the IRS actually went and interviewed these women they're like, oh, no, we're like, we're not his age. We're prostitutes. And they're like, OK, thank you. So that's all OK. He pleads guilty to misdemeanors. All of this information drops about how the White House and we're going to get into that. And the Department of Justice has has completely corrupted the investigation and stonewalled the real investigation of Hunter Biden. So what do they do? Hunter Biden shows up at the White House ceremonial meeting for the prime minister of, of India. I mean, what a slap. And well, I'm sure, I'm, I, I, I'm sure he squeezed them for a contribution right. you know, yeah. to money, you know. Hey, you want to buy some of my art? Yeah. Oh, that'd be funny. We should put up a meme of the Indian Prime Minister carrying out some yeah. art pictures to his car signed by Hunter Biden. I wouldn't be, I mean, what I wouldn't be surprised, no. Um, and they, they do that again because they don't care, right? They 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 just don't care. In their arrogance, they think they're untouchable and maybe they are, but this is if we could put but Representative Jason Smith call them out on this, at least a little bit on Maria Bartiromo. If we could please play the Smith sound bite. 
And here's the text that we've been talking about this morning. I'm sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, uh, he goes on to continue. And he says, uh, you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I'm sitting here waiting for the call with my father. I mean, um, Mr. Chairman, this sounds like the mafia. Maria, it's terrible. Just think about this. In Biden's America, what did we witness last night? We saw a fancy state dinner at the White House, and you have the person who's accused of these criminal allegations and also the, the department that has slow-walked these allegations, the leader of that department, seated and dining at the same table. All of this smells bad. The American people aren't happy about it. The problem is, is these whistleblowers, they brought to light that in, the, in Biden's federal government, all Americans aren't treated equally. If you're wealthy and politically connected to the Biden family, you're going to have special treatment. Well, and special treatment. So they talked about it. I saw a thing. It was good. It said they they delayed, divulged, and then denied. So through the whole Hunter Biden investigation, what that we learned from that they released yesterday, the whistleblower testimony, the transcripts. And so from there, we learn all the way through the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland, completely delayed, delayed, you know, and, and confused. And well, they prevented the, and, and, and it is true today that Lying is okay. I mean, you know, they're not embarrassed anymore. Whether it's Pierre Trudeau or it's Sinak in 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 England, I mean, they're just don't care. They don't care. You know, they'll just tell you uh, a blatant lie to your face, and and it doesn't matter. And they know you're lying. It just you got to give them credit for right. just well, no moral class. Exactly, Mary Garland up there. Oh, I mean, so then they turn out that they what they had search warrants they were going to execute on Hunter Biden and and some of his properties, right, to get tax records. Now the key thing about a search warrant is you want it to be a surprise mm-hmm. to the person, right? If the person knows that you're about to search, then they maybe hide things, right, or get rid of evidence. Um, that's why you keep it secret. That's why search warrants are sealed until they're executed in the federal government. But instead, what the what the um, assistant, whatever, the U.S. attorney um, working on the case um, said is, no, 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 don't execute it for about eight days. Turn around and literally immediately calls Hunter Biden's attorney Mm -hmm. and says, hey, just so you know, we've got these search warrants. And so guess what happens when they show up? Oh, wow, wow, nothing's there. And then when they still were able to get enough evidence to charge him, they felt the investigators, seasoned veteran investigators felt to to charge. Well, I mean, these are guys who knew what they were doing, right? To charge him with um, with felonies in the end for violating the tax code. They just said no. So it's it's kind of like and then and then they probably moved all of those investigators out of the investigation. So think about this. So Merrick Garland, they're using this to so they won't comment anymore, right? But they they said that technically the Hunter Biden investigation is still ongoing, right? <laughs> so what the frick is Hunter Biden doing sitting next to Merrick Garland? And I mean, what do you suppose they chatted about? You know, hey, that thinking of deducting your sex prostitutes for in your sex club that was brilliant they still allow people to join i guess it would be a business deduction <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I, I or maybe health or something I, i'm not sure but, uh, but, but i must admit you, you know i i'm no longer outraged i'm, I'm just I'm, I'm so you know kind of 
That's what they're counting on. That's what we've got to stay outraged, guys. It's hard. It's hard because caffeine, caffeine helps. Caffeine helps. Yeah. Um, And it's just, you just, I mean, they're, the president and his son are such filth. Um, now, here's a question for you, though. I don't know if you noticed, but to, if you've seen it, if you haven't, take a look at it, because it is kind of interesting. Karine Jean-Pierre gets a little bit snippy because they had a bunch of corporate media people saying one the first question was, do you think it's weird that Hunter Biden was at the state dinner sitting next to Merrick Garland and is still in an investigation? Because I'm not going to talk to that. The president <laughs> could invite his family to the White House for dinners if he wants. It's like, OK. And then they say, well, what about this WhatsApp text where he says, I'm sitting next to my father? She's like, you know, the White House counsel answered that. I'm not going to talk about about it. And they're like, can you remind us what the White House counsel said? And she said, no. And then, I mean, she did. And then they pursued it. They did. They said, it's a simple yes or no question. Was the president sitting there or not? And she wouldn't answer it. The fact that she wouldn't answer it isn't surprising. What was surprising is the White House press corps like woke up. So my question is, what do you guys think? Did the White House press corps wake up because they've now decided that this actually is very problematic for uh, Joe Biden and they don't want him to run? Or is it because, as Chuck said, they know they can pretend to do their jobs, they can act like they're doing their jobs, and it's not going to make any difference, so why not just do your job, that no one's going to care? What do you th- I'm beginning to lean toward the latter, to tell you the truth, that, that they all know they've beaten us down, and, and no, one, no one's going to care, right? They can write their story, and no one's going to say, Joe Biden is bad, Joe Biden can't run. Well, and, you know, By the time 2024 comes around, they'll call it debunked. It's a debunked conspiracy established by the Republic or by the Russians. But what what do you think it is? Do you think they are finally wait? I, I don't for a second, let me put it this way. The one option I don't think that is true is that they've actually, you know, have principles all of a sudden and they're doing their job. No, no, no. no they, they just know it doesn't matter. The the the, the rig voting and rigging was is already in perfect. This won't hurt the Bidens. Um and and uh, you know, we're just immune to, to the Biden corruption. And it doesn't matter how many millions they stole, um, how many policies they they rigged. They're just, they're just, the left has, you know, it has no morals, has no anything else. Um, and it just is happy um, to go along. And then you'll get, You'll get Republicans who'll sign a letter saying what Joe Biden did was great. And they Right, right, exactly. Well, it's to read some of the comments because you know, Jim Jackson, this is a good point, Jim. What an insult to India. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then J- Jacob from Politico, even as the caucus pushes to expand to a 50-50 majority this fall, it's bracing for a fight to defend 23 seats to the GOP's 10 in the next election cycle, many of them in red and purple territory. Against that backdrop, at least eight members of Chuck Schumer's caucus are agonizing over to re- whether to run again, and a couple hail from states that could be lost to the GOP if the incumbent bums out. It's right, Jacob. Come on, Republicans. Here's your chance. And then from Charlene, Chuck and Dave and Julie making a difference in their own backyard, not impressed with Priscilla Ron, now being recruited by rhinos to run for Douglas County Commissioner. Um, thank you, Charlene, number one. Yeah, Priscilla... Um, I like Priscilla yeah. as a person. I mean, I've always enjoyed her and everything else, but she, she certainly has joined the. Uh, game yeah, I, I think that I think Priscilla's vote to not support this center probably was largely tied to her decision to want to run for Douglas County Commissioner. Why she thinks that would help her, I don't know. Because in Douglas County, I think the parents have been pretty outspoken. You know, say, although maybe she didn't want to censure late Abe. Uh, Abe. Layton, Layton, yeah. you know, who's on the county commissioner. I don't know. And maybe she needs his support. But, you know, here's here's a thought. Why not just do the right thing? 
why not just do the moral thing? Why not just have some principles without weighing the political scales to try to see what might be your best move? Why not just do what's right? I mean, I know that's a silly thing to say, but that's just what I would think, you know? Well, you know, I said, I, I really like Priscilla, but, but uh, he's decided that politically that's where she wants to run from. So, and we had more stuff, but I think we're going to say, because they see we do have Mark Poff. We'll talk about Matt's Gates. We'll play it even next week because it's it's good enough to see where he kind of goes after Durham and says, you were part of the cover-up, okay? So don't even sit there and pretend like you're not. And so we'll play that because it's good to walk through. Because um, here again, they think, it's. I guess they think we can't see or they just... They're so arrogant and so confident in their ability to win no matter what, but they think it doesn't matter. So we, we can't let them get away with it. Um, and But we won't go into my concerns about election integrity because that's too depressing. We won't go there. Hey, so we've got Mark Poff on Yay. with this former law enforcement El Paso County investigator. Ace um, golfer. Ace golfer. Ace golfer. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't want to catch Hey, Mark, thank you for your time on this Friday. Yeah, no problem. It's been quite a week for me. It's been crazy. Yeah, us too, us too. Um, the summer, I thought it was going to be relaxing. Hey, Mark is going to be filling in for us, speaking of crazy, because Rev has another golf tournament on Monday. And I want to let you talk about a little bit what you're going to exactly going to talk about. But we were talking earlier, and I don't know if you heard it, about the um, the higher ups interfering with the Hunter Biden investigation, right? The tax investigation. And I thought to myself, Mark has had some experience with this. You, the lead investigator, or one of the, Dan, one of the investigators in the, in the Tom Clements case, which in, involved a district attorney, I mean, which involved the best friend of John Hickenlooper's son. Right, um, right. And, I, I, and I covered that case a lot. And I think that in that, there are a lot of politicians who I think interfered to make sure that no one got to the truth because it was going to be inconvenient to them. Would you agree with that? Well, well there was definitely a lot of players that were throwing crap around. We couldn't keep it secret for one thing. You know, we found it very interesting that, you know, we could keep our investigation pretty hush hush. But once we told the governor's office, because he wanted a briefing, so he sent somebody down. And as soon as we briefed this person from the governor's office, you know, next thing we did, we saw it on CNN. So (laughs) what's up with that? Everybody, I don't want to say everybody. I don't know if it was so much a direct interference as it was that, um, they were trying to push us in different directions and stuff. The FBI wanted us going in one direction. Everybody, I'll tell you this, this is definitely true. Everyone's pissed that we wouldn't give the investigation up. And again, this goes back to one of those themes that that I've had for a long time, which is that um, the federal government wants to take over local law enforcement. And this is one of those scenarios. Right. When, when Tom Clements was assassinated in Northern El Paso County, about a mile and a half from my house, one, I was one of the first detectives over on the scene. All of a sudden, CBI calls up Colorado Bureau of Investigations and says, hey, we have two vans on the way with our investigators and our CSI guys. We're going to take that crime scene over. We're ready to take it. And, and basically, the sheriff said, yeah, you can turn those vans around. Right. You know, we worked on a lot of homicides. We're a major law enforcement agency in <laughs> yeah. the state of Colorado. We really don't need your help. And I will tell you that typically CBI agents have less experience than good homicide detectives from large agencies that, you know, we were handling anywhere from 12 to to 14 homicides a year. So, I mean, we were experienced. Now we're not like Denver or some of, you know, Detroit or some of these other crazy places, 
But most of us had a pretty good experience. During my 10 years, I worked on about 80 homicides. So that's almost 10 a year that I worked on. And so we were very experienced. So CBI was trying to get on it. The, the governor, I think, wanted CBI because he controls CBI. Right. And so remember, there was all the talk about the Saudi, which I kind of still oh, personally yeah. believe that a lot. But I mean, the governor flip-flopping on letting that um, Al-Turkey guy Al-Turkey. go free. Um, and then not to mention the fact that, you know, well, I mean, this didn't come out till later, but that it was his best friend or one of his good friend's son who was the one who sh- who did the shooting. I mean, you're right. I absolutely agree that because, I mean, typically the way it works in law enforcement, don't you like call up the CBI and say, hey, we need some help here. I we mean, need somebody- some help. And, and that's ma- mainly it's for small agencies. Right. Like if you're a small agency where you have a sheriff, an undersheriff and, and three of his buddies, who is the whole sheriff's department. And you have a homicide, what are you going to do? Right. And, and, you know, working for the defense now, for the most part, you know, I'd love for a small agency not <laughs> to call CBI because it's great. It's a target rich environment for us. You know, when you have the sheriff saying, well, I look down the barrel, look like a 45 to me, you, you know, so they're talking like they're experts and stuff. But and typically, you know, CBI does have good experts that understand this stuff when you want to do DNA testing and all kinds of stuff. Uh, But, yeah, you don't CBI just doesn't show up. You've got to call and say, we need help. Or and, someone calls them and says, get down there. Well, and so without going into all the particulars. But let me ask you, is the uh, is the case case closed yet? Not according to them. And what's so funny (laughs) is, is Bill Elder, the, the whole you know, comedy of stuff with him, he wanted to close it. And they all called him and said, look, you're a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if you close the case, people can ask through core requests to get records and all kinds of stuff. If you leave it open forever, you can say, well, that's an active uh, investigation. <laughs> so we can't." I mean, that's how stupid Bill Elder was as a sheriff. Um, I could just, um, I'd love to have heard that phone, that phone call from the governor <laughs> down to the sheriff saying, are you an idiot? Don't be. Well, well apparently well, Merritt Garland knows that rule because, <laughs> because the Hunter Biden investigation is still <laughs> ongoing. Oh, is, is that what they said? I thought uh-huh. he took a plea deal. Yeah. So if he takes the plea deal going. and he. No, no, he no, no. That doesn't like, mean it's like littering or something. And then they sit next to each other at this, this dinner. So let me ask you, number one, in your experience as a law enforcement officer, how likely is it that somebody who just pled guilty had a plea deal, but the investigation is still ongoing? And hasn't been sentenced. And hasn't been sentenced, sits next to the guy who's in charge of the, the investigation and well, prosecution okay. against him. So I, I got to get this straight. So you're saying that at some presidential event last night, I, I heard some of your earlier stuff. It was last night or whatever. Yeah, no, last night. Hunter Biden sat next to Garland. Yes. At the same yes. table. Uh-huh. Yep. At, at it the was, same table. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That, that, dude, that, that's like, I, I don't know, Charles Manson, you know, <laughs> sitting at the table. With, I, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's craziness. I think you said this earlier, you know, right when I was getting on, when you don't even care about the appearance of impropriety, yeah. that's when you know someone is really corrupt. And not only corrupt, they just don't care. No. It's like, you can't touch me. Yeah. And I'm going to show you that you can't touch me because I'm going to do something <laughs> mega stupid. Right. And you still, can't, you still can't touch me. It's like down here with um, the, the DA, Dan May. When CSPD, Colorado Springs Police Department, we, I, you know, we keep telling the same old story. 
about how a Democrat backed up over a guy on the road and they rode him up. And then one of his buddies in the Republican Party backed up and ran someone over. Well, what happened was Colorado Springs Police Department sent over basically um, charging documents to charge this guy. And Dan May, what he should have done to even be, you know, deceitful or whatever, corrupt, is just said, we'll look into that. And then six months later say, we looked into it. Didn't see anything there. We're just going to let it go. He didn't even do that. He rejected the paperwork from CSPD and said, kiss my ass to just show, look, not only am I corrupt, I'm going to show you I'm corrupt and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm not even going to look at the paperwork and give that appearance of being neutral. He didn't care. He's like, no, "No, I'm not going to do it. It's a Republican. I saw his voter registration card. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. And as an investigator, going back to what it must have been like for the IRS guys, and and what it must have taken for these whistleblowers to go through, what is it like when you're trying to do your job and, and, and you know, and you can just feel all of these tentacles trying to reach you and grab you and pull you and, and interfere with the election? Or with the election, with the, with the investigation. I, I know for me, I, I had one incident, and it's, it's a little different, but it's something that really pissed me off, um, is we had a deputy, a, a female deputy, that was accused of impropriety with her own son. Okay. So that's real tricky. Right. And so they had to bring me in because there was technology involved. So I'm in the room, and I hear commanders and everybody, you know, all these high-level people and you see certain individuals in the room are, are saying, look, we need to make sure we do a, a, a decent investigation, be respectful to her, you know, and, and you know, all kinds of stuff. And you have others saying, well, OK, let's fire her and then let's go hit her house, you know, and, <laughs> and I'm just like, OK, settle down. So we we actually did execute a search warrant on her house, on our own deputy, on one of our own deputies. And we seized a whole bunch of technology. Well, this was probably like on a Thursday or a Friday. So we seize it all, and then I seal it up, put it into evidence, and then I go pheasant hunting. Because that's what I do. I go <laughs> when you're so not I, golfing, never... you're pheasant hunting. Yeah. <laughs> but it was that time of year, and I that's how I remember when it happened, is because okay. I was going pheasant hunting. So I went pheasant hunting, came back Monday or Tuesday, and then I went to go get the evidence, just, you know, got to look on this very... Very discreetly, I had a lab, wouldn't let anybody else in because supposedly there was some um, videos or pictures of her or whatever. And and it was my job to be discreet as the computer forensics guy. So no one else would be left in the room. And if I see any videos of her, no one else would see it because it has right. nothing to do with the case. And so I went through all this. The commander, well, first thing is she had an iPad. And when I came back, uh, when, whenever you seal something, I don't have something to show you, but but what you basically do is you like seal it. And then if you open this evidence bag up again, you'll cut it someplace else and then seal it there and initial it. And you always cut a new hole. So you know that that bag's been opened three times, four times, five times, whatever. And if you have so many holes that you can't do it anymore, (laughs) you wrap that one up, you get a new bag, put the original bag in the new bag. So, you know, you can show to a court if it ever goes to trial, it was open X number of times and you know everybody who opened it. I came back and the bag was laying there and right across the seal, it was cut. And I was like, and I called the sergeant in immediately. I said, what the hell has happened? He goes, oh, the commander and the undersheriff looked through the iPad. I go, what the? 
<laughs> what? Yeah. He goes, yeah, they wanted to see what was on the iPad. They were looking for nudies of this deputy because she was cute. And they, so they went in to my lab because they had a key, cut open the, the evidence, sat there and got the head of IT. Okay, I'm not IT. I'm the computer forensic. Got the guy from the head of IT. They get the iPad out, start looking through it, completely corrupted. the. the I mean, I can't use that for evidence now. Right. Because yeah. Why dumbasses get it? I've used that word three times now, but I, I always loved that '70s show because Red always said that. But so this is the commander and and the under sheriff that did this. So I was pissed off, and then the commander has the audacity to come in the lab and say, "Oh, hey, Mark, uh, if you happen to see, because I know you're processing her Mac today, if you happen to see any nudie shots, you know, uh, you, you need to let me know." You know, because that's important for me as the commander to know that. <laughs> well, okay, so I did see some stuff. There was nothing relating to the case. I sealed everything up, and I sent it back down to evidence. And I told him there was nothing there of evidentiary value. Well, then my boss came in and said, hey, did, you know, was there any, you know, of those type of videos? And I said, yeah, that had nothing to do with the case. And he goes, whoa, whoa, the commander wanted to see that. And I said, I don't give a flying. <laughs> that is so wrong you know, wrong <laughs> to, i said i don't care he's not going to be able to see her sex tapes that's bs yeah and so he goes well mark i'm i'm gonna have to tell him I, you know i said you go tell him whatever you want <laughs> i have sealed all the evidence up and i personally drove it all down to evidence and checked it in so you tell that old fat man that if he <laughs> wants to see that stuff he can drive down to evidence and pull it out himself i'm not doing it so about an hour later, the commander comes in. He is irate, uh-huh. says that I violated a direct order <laughs> and that he's coming for me. And I said, write it up, write uh-huh. it up, <laughs> go for it. Let's have this conversation in front of the sheriff. <laughs> you know so he ended up giving me a letter of reprimand and he said, You're kidding. oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Only negative thing in my IA file was for basically protecting the integrity, if you want to call it that, of a female deputy. So he gives me this letter and he goes, but the good news is, Mark, after a year, you can ask for this to be pulled out of your personnel file. I guess it's so really, no, it, it was a letter of counseling, not reprimand. So a letter of counseling after a year in your personnel file, you can ask for it to be removed. No kidding, a year later, he comes back to me and he goes, hey, Mark, just wanted to let you know you could get that letter out of your personnel file. And I'm like, why does he care if I yank that letter? I said, you know what? We'll let it stay because maybe someone will ask me what it's all about. And I can tell him what it's all about. And he stormed out of my lab again because he knew he tampered with physical. He committed a felony. Him and the undersheriff committed a felony. And, and I'm just sitting there going, what the hell's going on here? What was his, was his name? Biden? Yeah. You know, yeah. It was Merrick Garland. <laughs> Well, I mean, and so it, it happens, but it's kind of like, and maybe, I mean, that's, that's distressing, actually, Mark, to know that it happens to that degree all over the place. But you'd think, though, that that here, I mean, well, they did the same thing. They didn't give him a letter of reprimand when they started complaining about it and said, well, we recommend these felonies. They just yanked him off the investigation. I guess that'll do it, you know. Right. Well, and, and that's that's what Dan May also did about the Tom Clements case, is he had his best um deputy da um jeff Lindsay. jeff Lindsay worked I, I worked with him on cases 
best homicide DA that Dan May had, had the most experienced trial lawyer, was absolutely the best of the best. And as soon as we told him, oh, by the way, they put a hit on you there, Dan May. And he said, <laughs> drop everything, charge nobody, get the hell out. All of a sudden, Jeff Lindsay went to another assignment. And then it was asked, "What? I don't understand. He goes, we needed to put him on something more important. Yeah. More important than the Tom Clements assassination. <laughs> what might that be? Parking or backing over Democrats, backing over <laughs> individuals on Tejon Street? I mean, it was just so obvious. And and Sheriff Makita really wanted to charge these three under three individuals that were part of the Tom Clements homicide. Right. Never happened because Dan May was totally corrupt. And, you know, it, it still happens. And I'll tell you this. I can't go into specifics. This week has been crazy for me. I was supposed to testify Tuesday. And that was supposed up in Denver. Supposed to be my only thing going on kind of the whole week. I was going to chill, take my vet in to get worked on today. Pheasant hunting. hunting. Didn't happen. So on Wednesday, I get a phone call. Hey, Mark, are you all set to come up to Arapahoe County on Wednesday or Thursday? You're scheduled to testify. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I've been in court the last two... Thursday and then today I was in court most of the day up in Arapahoe on a case. But on Tuesday, I saw, and I got to talk generically because this case is still going on, but I saw a Denver PD cop get their ass, oh, said it four times, got their <laughs> butt handed to him by a defense attorney. And the stuff that they did, that they admitted to, I mean, and thank goodness that they admitted ah. that they actually did it. Um but stuff that's just unbelievably unethical in, in their stuff. And, and it's just, it, it amazes me. You know, they always say, once you see the sausage made, but I have to tell you, you know, I was a cop for 17 years. I never saw any of this kind of stuff. Well, I, I, well, I saw the one. You, let me ask you about this. And then, cause then I'll give you a chance to talk about what we want to talk about on Monday, but I got to wonder, because I would agree with you, too. I mean, I, I covered courts and crime and stuff. And it seems to me that it has gone to a whole new level. And I think when you have when you've got you're watching stuff going on at the Department of Justice, you're watching the FBI just make up investigations. I can imagine that that kind of attitude that like the actual laws don't matter, just the results matter, that we get the results we want and that nothing's really going to happen just if we get caught. I mean, that, that attitude has got to filter Throughout the whole system, well, do you I think? To, I have to say that I was a clerk for a, a defense firm uh, after my second year in law school down in Fort Worth, Texas, um, and nothing's changed. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee you, nothing has changed. But not since 1883? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Fort Worth is still the same from then? But, I mean, those, those, yeah, those were some interesting police officers. But, you know, today I testified in a case and, and it's interesting because, you know, I was a cop for 17 years, 10 years as a detective. And man, does the prosecution hate me? Yeah. I, I mean, it's like like they feel that because I testify and I, and I even said today, look, I live to the FBI standards. Never thought I'd hear that, <laughs> you know, because they actually have this really high this one part of the FBI. And I'll talk about it at some point about how the FBI um, does cell phone records is actually pretty, pretty good, but local law enforcement doesn't. But I'll tell you one thing that happened was there was a deputy, Arapahoe County deputy that was in the courtroom. And I went over and started talking to him because, you know, I used to be a deputy with El Paso County. And basically what he told me, 
He goes, I would never work the street now. He goes, <laughs> I get paid the same as somebody who works the street. I work in the courthouse and it's a safe environment from the, the from the standpoint of getting themselves in trouble. It's safer than right. all this business going on, you know, out in the real world. And he's going to get the same retirement as somebody who works the street. Yeah. Well, so th- once I, again, I when- going back to my Fort Worth experience, um, yes, you may get the same amount of money, but there's lots of additional earning <laughs> potential out on the street. So you oh, can- <laughs> okay. So, okay. You bring up an interesting point. So I actually, you know, I still teach at the college. In fact, there's a night course starting for post-certification that I start teaching next week. And I have this this Jeopardy game that I let the recruits play towards the end. And one of the questions that come up is it's like a Jeopardy game. One of them is when executing a search warrant, what percentage of the cash do you put into evidence? <laughs> That's one of the questions. And I just want to see how the recruits, they're like, oh, we haven't been taught this yet. No one's told us this yet. And they're like, what's the answer? And I look at them and say, well, it depends on how many supervisors are on scene. Because they have to get their cut, right? Yeah, exactly. Everybody's got to be greased. Hey, listen, before we wrap you up, so you have to talk about this on Monday. Jim wants to know your thoughts on the Live PGA merger. And Jacob wants to know if your vet has classified documents in the trunk. Well, <laughs> and here's, here's the deal. I don't think the PGA, I, I am kind of a golf fan, just like, like you guys are. I don't think they should let the, the Live and PGA merger. That's a bunch of BS. Um, again, you're letting foreign control of something very important in America, which is golf. Right. And they're going to try to take the PGA over. I, I don't understand why they're even having that conversation. And if I was one of the golfers who did not go to live and this went down, right. I'd be livid. I'd, I'd be yes. like, okay, let's start our own. Let's right. start a player's. Exactly. Uh, well, that's thing. what the PGA is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed right. to be controlled by the members. And and they have they have what they've called an advisory board. <laughs> advisory yeah. board. Yeah, you know, you are. You know what that is. Yeah. It, hey, it's listen, it's just got- like. I got to wrap us up. I hate to do this. I do, real quick. Yeah. What are you going to talk about on Monday? About my classified documents in the trunk of my vet, of course. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so one of the things that's interests me is, and I, I may not have anybody with me on Monday, but the following time, John's going to be with me. He actually has to go to a hearing. The thing that's really interests me, and I'm going to spend the weekend looking through this even more, is this report from DOJ up in um, Minnesota. This really interests me. Because, you know, we had talked about it a a little bit, I think, and they've done this before, you know, they took New Orleans over years ago. I think this is another opportunity where they're going to say, you need either federal control or we need to tell you what to do. So I want to review that report and and, and all that. And I need to, you know, also review my IRS stuff because I I can't write off amateur sex clubs, but I (laughs) I can't write off professional sex clubs that's and right i think that's i can right. write it down as a team morale event right can i put that down <laughs> a team building environment oh yeah there yeah, you go there you yeah. go <laughs> your 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 uh 
HR department. <laughs> recommend <Right>. it. <laughs> I have the highest morale of any team in the company. <laughs> Mark, thank you. We thank were you, Mark. Monday. We look forward to it. We had time to save the video. We had plenty of other video. Thank you to um everybody on and uh, Zoom, the great guys at BBS. It's party Friday. Party everybody. Friday. Everybody go out pheasant hunting, and if you can't do that, at least play golf. <laughs> Make sure to keep your receipts because you never know what you can deduct these days. <laughs> right. We'll see you all later. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye.